This is the Small Mouth Crush Podcast. If you're a hardcore angler, you've come to the right place. This is a weekly podcast that will interview some of the top smallmouth bass anglers in North America. Travis and his guest will discuss what it takes to consistently catch big smallmouth, and you'll get a glimpse inside the mind of a trophy smallmouth angler. And now, here's your host of the Smallmouth Crush Podcast, Travis Manson. Yo, welcome to the Smallmouth Crush Podcast. My name is Travis Manson. Hope you guys are having a great week. I got a great show coming up for everybody. Jeff Gustafson joins us, otherwise known as Gussie, if you will. That's what he goes by. He won't get mad if you call him Gussie. One of the top smallmouth anglers in the country. He knows what he's doing. In this episode, we get into it as far as throwing one of the best smallmouth baits on the planet. A hair jig, a marabou hair jig. So he's going to break down how he utilizes that technique to put monster smallmouth bass in the boat. But first, let's talk about the sponsors of the show. Of course, we have The Real Shot, located in Northeast Wisconsin, one of the premier tackle stores out there. They support this podcast. And in the show description, there's a link. So if you're looking at purchasing some tackle and you go through that link, it just helps out the show even more. Of course, Monster Bass right behind me, the Better Box monthly subscription to the monster bass they actually have a bunch of different boxes out there multi-species boxes ice fishing boxes and then your regional box you can use the travis 10 code for your first purchase over at monsterbass.com so without further ado let's get him on all right well here he is in studio well at least i am where are you at I'm uh I'm up in Canada. I'm at home right now, so uh, you know, bundled up a little bit. And, I see that. Uh, just uh, just living living the dream here in the in the wilderness, living the Canadian life. So, Jeff, what what do you go by? Do you prefer Jeff or Gussie? I mean, I, I want to call you the right name here. Yeah, I know. Uh, Gussie Gussie's kind of worked out for me pretty good, and uh, you know, that's yeah, that's I've known you for a long time. You know. Um, fished the Sturgeon Bay open for, for many years. And back when you were fishing the elite series, you were like, you were fish, you fished the Sturgeon Bay open a few times or, you know, I know you were there around that time. So you had a big target on your back. You know, you didn't know who I was, but, um, you you were, you were kind of the guy everyone wanted to beat there, I think. So, um, so, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's it's an amazing fishery, you know, growing up in, in that area of of Wisconsin, the, the Sturgeon Bay, Lake Michigan, uh, that whole Northern deal and the great lakes is, is something I just kind of fell in love with and can't seem to shake it. So I'm addicted to the smallmouth as you are, uh, you know, definitely one of the top 50 anglers, if not, uh, you know, as far as smallmouth anglers and largemouth, of course, but when it comes to the smallmouth game, you got it dialed in, man, and I, I just want to really dig in. The whole purpose of this podcast is to really dig into the minds of these you know, expert smallmouth anglers that just can go out there and dominate regardless of what body of water that they're fishing and, and you know, time in again and again, put some big smallmouth in the boat. You know, you're up in Canada. Where's your, I guess, home body of water? What would you consider your home body of water when it comes to smallmouth fishing? Uh, so for me, home body is Lake of the Woods and uh, right on the Minnesota border. 
So I live about 60 miles north of the border, but for anyone that, that's not sure where it is, we got Rainy Lake and Lake of the Woods here and pretty much center of the continent. So seven hours north of Minneapolis and, uh, and that's home for me. So traveling around, um, I mean, I'm, you know, you did it and you, and you're still doing it. It's a, it's a project if you live up north and, sure. and even more so for me with the border, border stuff, especially this year. Um, but if you love doing it, then you, you figure out a way to do it and uh, make it happen. So, so it's growing Lake, up. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Lake of the Woods, is that where you, I didn't want to cut you off. Is that where you grew up and learned how to catch smallmouth? And the, yeah, that's what I was exactly what I was going to say is, is sure. it's a phenomenal fishery. It's, it's a big body of water, million acres, 14,000 islands and, uh, you know, really good fishing. We don't, we don't get the giant, um, fish that you see in the Great Lakes, you know, it seems like the zebra mussels and gobies are their recipe for that, but, uh, but phenomenal fishing, um, and, and you can catch fish shallow, deep, um, kind of of all the places that I've traveled to fish, um, you know, I would compare it to, to Champlain, but with okay. more places to hide, you can, you can hide out a little better because of all the islands, but similar to Champlain. Sure. You mentioned fish in Sturgeon Bay, uh, when you were younger, you know, as far as branching out from Lake of the Woods, what was your next like moment of wow? This is some awesome smallmouth fishing. You know, where 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 would that be? For me, it was Sturgeon Bay, and that I think I the first time I went was like two thousand five, maybe two thousand four, two thousand five, and um, you know, at that time, you still we were kept, you could go there for the week, and you probably catch a five pounder but they weren't like it wasn't like the giants hadn't like erupted there quite yet sure it was you know four or five years after i started going um but yeah sturgeon bay would have been my first experience on the great lakes and then um you know just from there i started fishing uh the flw tour in 2012 or 13 and then got to go to lake st Clair, detroit river mm -hmm. um champlain and 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 you know, sort of expand where I, where I'd been, but Sturgeon Bay, you know, I probably, I probably fished there 150 to 200 days in my life. So I've got a lot of time on that place. And, um, that, that's kind of where I, you know, cut my teeth on the, on the great lakes type fishing. Sure. So since you went on tour, what was some of the things that you could take with you from, from your experience on Lake of the Woods and apply it to say the great lakes, but even, some let's talk some smallmouth down south as well uh do you feel like you were really prepared to to experience all those different bodies of water was it kind of a learn as you go experience how did that all play out it it really for me was learn as you go but the one thing that that i think sort of has helped me is up here i mean we have really good walleye fishing uh pike and musky panfish so I, and i do a little bit of everything i do some guiding and you know i think just all doing all those different things, ice fishing even is you, you learn how to use your electronics. You, you fish all types of um, water and different, you know, big baits for muskies. Um, and, you know, all of that combined, I think maybe makes me a little bit more versatile and, and that has served me well. You know, my first few years fishing, I got my, my ass whipped plenty of times, but you, you, I did well enough to kind of keep doing it, you know? Sure. And, uh, and my consistency's a, a lot better now. I, I, you know, I still have, I throw down a bomb every once in a while for sure. Um, kind of like everybody does, but, mm -hmm. uh, 
But but when I see the smallmouth uh, lakes on the schedule, um, you know, I'm 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 excited because I I certainly feel like I have some advantage there. But sure. the the problem when you go to the Great Lakes or these places that are really good is the, is the fishing so good that you know anybody anybody that I'm competing against can land on one of these spots where where it's you know catch sure. one every cast and it doesn't matter how good you are you're not you're not beating that guy right right you know? but, yeah no that makes sense what would you say your 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 biggest strength when it comes to um techniques go for locating smallmouth and fishing for them like what, what would be your you know let's say you have an event you know, coming up on the great lakes or lake ontario to st lawrence river like yeah what makes you I, excited about I, that I think for me, if it's, you know, during the summer, uh, if it's, I'm going to, I'm going to let the weather sort of decide, you know, before I even get too serious about fishing or get there or, or even like that day to, you know, dictate what I'm going to do. If it's going to be sunny, flat, nice, I'm going to fish shallow and it doesn't matter if I'm on Ontario or the river or Champlain, um, I'm going to fish shallow um, and have you know, a top water, a marabou jig, some finesse stuff. Um, and I'm going to cover fish fast and look for biters. And um, I think anyone that comes up north to fish, if you're not familiar with it, those days when, when it's really nice, when it's sunny and hot, you're there's always going to be a lot of big fish up shallow. And it doesn't take long for them to, to show up. But the, the other side of that, if it's cloudy, windy, you could have the greatest day ever, and the next day if the wind blows and it's dark and you can't see, you're not going to catch them very good up shallow probably. And, and just knowing some of that kind of thing, you know, that sort of some of that stuff, I think mm -hmm. um, is probably my biggest strength just to sure. be able to do what so, I got to do. to. So understanding them. the conditions that you're faced with and then adjusting to that on all these different bodies of water is basically what yeah. you're saying. And, yeah. And, and, because you know, people always say, "Oh, smallmouth move so much," and it's not so much that they they just if, if the weather's stable um, for any number of days, they're probably not going to move. But they move when the weather forces them or tells them to move. I think more more than just randomness moving randomly, you know. Sure. Um, and that that's one thing that I guess yeah, if you fish for them enough, um, you you maybe understand that a little bit better. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. Now, would you say your, uh, I guess, what would be your favorite way to catch a smallmouth? Basically, time of year and like, what would be the ideal situation? I could say you're going to get to go smallmouth fishing a day. Pick your pattern. What would that pattern be? Uh, for sure, no, no question. It's um, it's casting a little marabou jig. I make my own, and um, I know you. I, I remember one time fishing in Little Sturgeon around you, and and, th and this was when it was like no one really knew how good it was, and no sure. one was using it there, and it worked like so good at that place. And you could go around like in those packs of boats and catch like eight fish to everybody's one. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, for me, it's just something that I have a lot of confidence in. I've caught thousands of bass on those things, and that's my my you know my kind of signature bait, I guess, if you if for lack of a better term. Sure. But, but like a small little hook, a number one, you know, gamma gatsu hook in, in the jigs that I make. Um, but if you use that on the right rod, a long, soft rod, some braid, it, you know, it's, it's probably the best hooking bait there is. You're fish, you know, you're catching fish in open water most of the time. Sure. Um, and you just, you know, fight them, but it, when they bite it, I mean, they're just biting the little, the hook. So it's, um, you know, usually you hook them up pretty good and it's a, it's a pretty safe bait. 
Sure. Now I don't want to, uh, I'm not going to let you off the hook on this one here. So we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit more deep into hair jigs if we can here for, for a moment or two. Uh, so you tie your own, do you sell them as well? Or is it just something for your personal use? I, I, you know, I, I have a lot of uh, buddies that, that ask me for them. You couldn't make money selling them the way I, I mean, it takes me 10 or 15 minutes to make one and it's, and it's, I don't really love doing it all. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a football game or a hockey game on I'll, I'll sit around one evening and, and tie them up and you just tie enough to get you through the summer kind of thing. I, sure. I, uh, I never have like, I'll, 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 I'll have 50, 70 made up maybe by the spring, hopefully. And then by the end of the year, I'm usually, by the time I use them, give a few away. Uh, sure. I'm too nice. It. So like, I'll, you know, I'll have a couple of my, my Southern buddies will show up at Lake St. Clair or, or the river. And, um, uh, mm-hmm. Oh man, I need a couple of those hair jigs. <laughs> I finally sure. tied one on. Uh, and then, you know, okay. So you dump two here, two there. And, right. uh, but yeah, it's, it, I don't, I don't sell them. Um, a friend of mine, Brian Gustafson, same, same last name. We're actually not related, but he lives okay. here where I do as well and, and has a really good store called Lake of the Woods Sports Headquarters. And he, sure. um, he gets some made that are the, the nicest ones I think you can buy with, with a Gamagatsu hook. They're, they're tied really nice, good jig head, um, and all that stuff. So sure. Now, um, as but, far the, as... but the number one thing for with the, with the jigs is, is the hook, you want a small hook, but a, but a, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to use one with a gammy in it. And then I like to put a little bit of a, um, a body on the shank, a, pl- a piece of plastic, and that allows you to cast it a lot farther. And it, and it, it keeps it sort of bulked up a little bit. So it doesn't just look like a drowned rat in the water. Sure. And so, um, my friend Brian, he sells the jigs with the cult with a little keeper on the shank, and then he actually sells the jigs if if people want to tie their own um, with that little keeper on there as well. Okay, now I know they obviously you can you can make them in many different sizes. Uh, if you could kind of break down, are you normally sticking with just one or two different sizes, or are you do you have a wide variety? No, I use a three thirty second um, most of the time. Um, at home, we, we get, a, we have really nice, um, cabbage weeds up here and it, it, you know, we call it tobacco cabbage where it's like the big brown and red leaf, uh, stuff. And when it's hot out in the summer, these smallmouths will actually suspend and just sort of lay next to these clump little clusters that maybe there's three or four stalks. Um, and, and, and I'll use a 16th a lot around home and that really stays up pretty high in the water column. Okay. And then as heavy as I go would be like an eighth. And if I'm, if I'm sure. fishing on the great lakes and it's windy or you're, you want to get down in that, like, you know, 10 to 12, 14 foot range, then the eighth is better. But an sure. eighth ounce to me, I mean, that might, that sounds really light to everybody probably, but an sure. eighth ounce to me sinks like a rock. And, and, you know, the, the number one thing with a, with a, little hair jig is you don't I don't want it to touch the bottom I want it to glide through the water column if if that makes sense and uh and just kind of pendulum along and that's that and they just I mean if you put it in front of one um there's a good chance they're going to eat it and 
so the fish have to be relatively shallow. I mean, it's not a bait that you're going to use in 20 feet of water. I've, I've, I've dropped them down in 20 feet of water. You know, if you're sitting on top of fish and you can't get them to bite and I've caught a few, but it's not, that's not where it's like magic. It's magic when the fish are shallow. Sure. So you're really ideally making long casts and you're basically swimming that through the water column. Are you varying the speed at all, or is it a pretty consistent uh, where are we talking? Slow, medium, fast retrieve? What, what do you find? Kind of a, yeah, slow and, slow and steady. And a lot of times, I mean, like a place like the the river, um, those big ones when they're shallow, I mean, they're really black and dark and you can see them from a long ways away. And I've, see, I've had lots of times where, you know, you're winding it along and uh, you see one behind it. And sometimes you got to like give it just a little pop or, um, or speed it up a hair, just change it up a little bit. And that'll, mm-hmm. that'll trigger maybe trigger them to bite but like if you're if you know if your jig's kind of going along and like one's coming behind it it, it they just they're gonna bite it if sure you know sure they're coming Some, behind it sometimes uh that was one of the biggest uh learning experiences for me especially when you could see a smallmouth chase a bait so let's just say uh, you're burning a spinner bait you see that big big smallmouth coming at it you know, instantly when I first experienced that, your reaction is to stop that spinner bait or, you know, try to shake it or something. For me, it's keep, re- if nothing, real faster, and then that fish will come yeah. up. So I think you have to vary the retrieve based on the reaction of those fish. But when when you were describing when you see a fish come up and, and varying that, we're not talking about all of a sudden you're reeling like super fast. It's just you're already crawling it. Now you're just even it's still slow right but it's just moving a little bit faster than what you were like a little bit of extra i'm trying to really get away from this thing and the other thing that i get asked a lot is what what do you think that the a little hair jig you know is imitating please tell what do you you think the honest honest answer is i think it's it's kind of like an after dinner mint i mean it's just something that's really small and 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 subtle and just it's e- an easy grab. I think it's not a steak, you know, like a spinnerbait or a jerkbait or a big topwater is like a steak and, and they're not always in the mood for that. Sure. Um, when they are, you're, you know, that's, that's how you catch them. That's what you do. But when they're not, um, that, that thing, that little jig is just, I think it's just kind of an after dinner little mint, but I mean, they, it, I mean, I'm, I'm using black 90% of the time. I mean, that's mm-hmm. no secret. I've, Black lope fish, every other color, in my opinion, everywhere I've ever been. I agree w- with you 100%, but why do you think that is? Why wouldn't a, a brown or an olive or white work as just yeah. as well? I right. don't know. Like, <laughs> That's a, crazy. I'm using a tube or a nedrig. I mean, it's green pumpkin all the way. And, sure. and you can get beautiful olive and green pumpkin-y colored marabou, and it just doesn't seem to work as well. And, and I mean, maybe part of that is just not giving it an honest, uh, sure. you know, but, and, and the same can be said for white. I mean, white is a, is a, is a bright gaudy color, but it's also a natural kind of bright color and, mm-hmm. you know, a white fluke or, you know, we have white top water is what everybody's using. I mean, it, I, I've caught fish on a white, white marabou jig as well, but the, the black is for someone that's just going to go out and, uh, and, and, and okay, I'm going to learn how to do this. Just get a handful of black ones. That's what you sure. all you need. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as far as, you know, the effectiveness of a hair jig is being able to really get a nice long cast with that. So I assume 
You want to have your, your rod and reel dialed in. In your opinion, what's going to be the best reel size as well as the rod action and length that you found? And and then I guess what type of line are we throwing those those hair jigs on? So um so yeah, rod is the number one most important thing. And I'm you know, I'm using a seven six. Uh I use a G Loomis NRX. It's a high, really a high-end rod. Um, but you want a, a seven six you know, a one or a two power, a, a light whippy rod. And that's, what's going to allow you to, to launch that little jig. And you, and I mean, sure. um, you, you, you can cast them a lot easier than you, than you'd think. Um, but, but yeah, eight pound power pro, I put an eight pound leader on, um, and, uh, you know, a 2,500 or a 3000 size okay. reel. I use a, a 3000, um, Shimano accents and that's, you know, it's a high end setup, but, but it's like my, my favorite technique. So I'm, sure. you know, it's something where I want like the best, best stuff for it. Sure. Now, obviously throwing these hair jigs with the wind is ideal to get that longer cast. Now a setup like this, if you had a little bit of wind and you were forced to throw into it, would it still be worth it? Or are you trying to position that boat so you can cast with the wind? I mean, is there times I, I know I get frustrated a lot throwing a hair jig into the wind especially on bodies of water where wind's prevalent. Right. Uh, yeah, no, with the wind is better. But but if you're, you know, if you got to cheat it a little bit, I think going, you know, kind of crossways and then, you know, you can actually have a little bit of a bow in your line with, with, with these okay. jigs. And that's part of the part of getting the feel for, for doing it right. Um, I, use, I use yellow Power Pro. And it's and it's very easy to see and and I know like Chris and Corey Johnson that they're they're good buddies of mine and and they like red they they use red line a lot um, mm -hmm. but same you know it's visible um, that that would be the best tip I could give anybody is you know um, I put if I'm flipping or frogging I'm using you know like traditional um, low vis green braid sure. but for any of my spinning rods we're putting leaders on anyway so the fish are never going to see it i'm using i want i want line i can see and with these jigs if you have a little bit of a bow in your line like like say you cast across the wind and you start dragging it you you really don't have to reel a whole lot if it's windy enough that it's pushing your boat along you want to just pull that pull that jig over the edge or over the boulder or over the whatever the sure sand spot that you're trying to hit and if you have a little bit of a bow in your line it's amazing like it'll jump and and uh you'll you'll know when you have a bite sure sure now yeah. where would you say the most effective you know if somebody wants to go out and try throwing the hair jig uh is this a year-round deal for you and then what is the best like type of structure that you're going to throw this around so clear water, pretty important. I mean, you want it to be relatively clear. It's a sight thing. I mean, the, the there's not a lot of vibration or noise or, or uh, you know, anything to it. But it, I think it really where it shines is is you got to put it in front of the fish. You got to kind of have an idea of where they are. And that's why, you know, when it's bright and sunny, I think, um, and you can see good on the, you know, on the Great Lakes, that's where, you know, you can you can, you know, the fish are there, you can visually see them and that's where it shines. And sometimes like a place like Sturgeon Bay, it's, if you see a fish there, very hard, they're very hard to catch in my, you know, experience. Mm -hmm. Um, but, 
but then you go to like Champlain or, or the river and it seems like you, you want to see them or, or, you know, and they're much sure. easier to catch. I, my trolling motors on a lot higher gear at those places. I'm looking to actually see the fish versus at Sturgeon Bay. It's, it seems like you do better, um, casting, but, but, but then at, you know, when I'm fishing these places like the river or Champlain, I'm fishing in the summer. So the fish are, you know, they're a little bit more independent. It's one here, one there, maybe mm-hmm. two here, two there. When we go to, when we're fishing Sturgeon Bay in May, um, you're around groups and you're looking for groups a lot more. And maybe that's part of why you get too close to that group and you just spook everybody and they don't, they don't like that, but sure. Yeah. Sure. That makes sense or not, but, uh, absolutely. Okay, so let's say you're up shallow, you're in that 10-foot range, you see that big smallmouth out there, he's facing away from you. Are you throwing that hair jig past that fish, swimming it towards it? Are you throwing it right at it? What's your technique to get that fish to to tune in and zone in on that bait? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cast past the fish. Um, you know, I you sometimes you can land it right on top of them if they're if they're not that smart and just let it fall to them and they'll bite it. But I like to cast past them and and just swim it swim it into his area and usually it's just uh they just swim over and slurp it up and sure it's is there ever a time when you you've noticed or you've you've had success dragging that same hair jig on the bottom or hopping it or is it just it doesn't really work that well i i'm I'm curious on your opinion on that uh so at lake champlain we fished at champlain in 2020 and, um, I, the first day of practice was windy, cold. Um, and we're, this was, uh, late July and I actually, um, committed my whole practice pretty much to fishing offshore, fishing deep. It's very similarly to how Palinuk won the tournament, like same area, same stuff, same type of stuff. And the first day of the tournament, I, I run all these like, you know, four or five good places that I found. And like, I catch one fish and like, it was ghost town. Like they just moved. And I, sure. you know how it goes. Like I, I, I spent a couple hours like, okay, they can't be that far. They're around here somewhere trying to relocate them. Never did. And then by the afternoon, it kind of got slick and flat. And, um, I literally ended up just going up shallow and fishing, like stuff I'd never even fished before and put together 17 pounds with a top water and uh, survive the day. So day two, I go out, run some of this deep stuff again. Don't catch anything. Like I have no idea. Sure. Uh, well, you know, it just was, it was, it still bugs me. Um, Cause I know they're probably just like, I missed them something by 50 yards somewhere here. Or with there, you with know? your 17 pounds a day before, where were you as far as uh, uh, right around the cut line, you know, okay. like in the, in, uh, around 40th you okay. know so i it wasn't it what i i stayed in the mix so the next day i go um in it and it by noon again i'm like i'm sucking and and i mean champlain is probably the the easiest lake in the country to catch a limit on i mean it's sure. however you want to fish for you know i say that but here i am with one fish at noon and right. uh and i'm like a smallmouth guy so I get up shallow and I, and I fished through this area where I'd caught a few the day before the spot that this point kind of bailed me out with the top water. And, um, I don't, I get a bite, I get a hit or two. They don't, they're not biting it. And it just doesn't seem that, you know, it's not going very good. And I'm like at the point where, okay, this is bad. I got to figure something, I got to put something together and I go, I'm going along and I see like three of them out in front of me, just cruising along like two and a half pounders, not big ones. 
I grab my hair jig, whip it out, and one just instantly swims over. I catch it. Okay, I catch another one. So, okay, I got to get my limit at least, and then I can worry about the next part of my problem. Sure. Um, and I and then I just start going along, like literally like trolling motor on 80. And uh, when Looking I'd see fun. one, I'd slow down. I'd really slow down. I'd, and, and then I'd start seeing more, you know? Sure. You'd have a couple hundred yards of, of dead water, no fish, and then you'd get in a little stretch, and uh, and you'd be around some fish. And I ended up, mm-hmm. so I ended up catching, you know, a solid eighteen or nineteen pounds, and and made you know made the cut to fish day three. And then on day three, I mean, I just went. I didn't use anything but that hair jig pretty much all day, and uh, just had an amazing day. I just cruise around looking for fish that I could see. But going back to your question of um let do you ever use it on the bottom some of these fish uh, you know if i got on top of them kind of spooked them they knew i was there uh they you know but but they weren't like totally leaving the area like if they were just sort of doing the guard the rock game and and sure hanging around kind of i could catch those fish and a couple of them i remember um getting my bait you know on the other side of them from the boat and getting them to look that way and then i i coupled them i had it on the bottom and i was just sort of shaking it and they just would swim over like almost sure. like they were on a bed yeah. and uh yeah. eat it so that was pretty cool but so but there's a- that's you know, often that's not a, a thing that i do you know i've, I've had experience with often but um sure. but it worked there sure no that makes sense Awesome. So, so I guess moving on that we covered a lot. That was some really good stuff, guys. I, I know a lot of the, the people that are listening to this are going to, uh, they're going to get excited. They're going to probably pick up a few hair jigs and give them a try, which I don't oh, blame them. Corey, a, if they saw this, they'd be pissed at me probably. <laughs> Cause that, I mean, that's, the, that's the, that's the deal with it. It's just, it, I know a lot of people, um, if you're not used to like using small baits and, and, and light line and light tackle, I mean, it's like a foreign thing, but I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I've literally like, they, they've been popular. Uh, we have a lot of guides and a lot of resorts up here and just a marabou jig is probably one of the first artificial lures there was really. Sure. And there's, there's guys like when I was a little kid, guys in their sixties and seventies, that that's all they use for bass. And, um, it was just something from the time I was 16 years old, like in the late nineties, I would have, uh, uh, you know, that was a go-to automatic, you know, I had four fishing rods. There was always a hair jig tied on one of them, you know? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say as far as a, a smallmouth angler, what would be some of your biggest weaknesses or areas that you'd love to improve on? Is there anything that you can think of when it comes to, uh, you know, I'm just giving you some examples, whether, you know, you like to throw spinner baits for smallmouth, and it's just something you know it works, but you don't do it that much. Is there anything that you wish you could improve upon? Um, probably cranking a little bit. I mean, I'm not a big crankbait guy, um, but just like down south, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. When when that's the deal, you're not beating that with anything else. You know, cranking. Sure. Um, I had a tough tournament. That, I had two bad tournaments in 2020, and one of them was at Lake St. Clair, and oh. uh you know, the smallmouth factory. And at that event, um, the live, the live scope, the forward sonar deal was, was very important. And I didn't, I didn't have it on my boat. And, um, you know, I, I know I was around some fish and I'm in 18 feet of water and I'm trying to like get on top of them and see them on my, my, you know, sure. down imaging regular sonar. And, you know, Corey Johnston comes up to me and, and, 
pulls up like how you doing and i'm like no good and uh he's like i got like 20 and he goes oh there's two or three of them right here and he flicks his drop shot out in front of his boat and catches a four pounder and i'm just oh man this is horrible and um that was you know that was uh that was i got to see it with my own eyes um so that i missed out on that a little bit this year but i've used hummingbird my whole career and Mm -hmm. I, i mean love their their stuff their mapping's the best their sonar is awesome side imaging's awesome and it we're gonna have that technology yes. here moving forward yes. you know i'm looking forward to that, but it is but it, that you was know, it, at first it was nice you know live scope and different things and and there was a select few guys that had it and utilized that and now every every brand's got their own version so everyone's gonna have it now i guess yeah that's one thing like i I mean, I could see, uh, I could be, I'd be fine without being allowed to use that too. Um, but sure. <laughs> I guess it's, you know, I, it's here to stay probably, but yeah, definitely. It, you definitely. Know, it's, but like people think an Alabama rig's going to ruin a lake Well, like that's, that's nothing compared to what's coming with these, these, sure. you know, it's exciting. Machines. Who knows? Can you imagine what it's going to be like 10, 15 years down the road, you know, with electric, yeah, I, I don't even know. I don't even know. What's your personal best smallmouth? Let me know how it was caught and where and what was the situation and around that around that fish. Uh, I I caught it uh, about it was a seven six zero. I wow. caught it the day before um, one of those NABC tournaments at Sturgeon Bay. Oh, really? And okay. I caught it. About, I don't know. You'd know the spot, but it's about there's a little rock pile about three or 400 yards south of the boat ramp in little sturgeon uh-huh and i actually caught it right off that rock pile wow. um i would have been around 2010 probably well you know okay. it's been a while ago now, but um the the interesting thing good cool story about this fish um but by far the biggest one i've ever caught but a week it was tagged the fish actually had a tag oh, wow. in it so sure it tag number and, um and it had been tagged like up by actually up by Sturgeon Bay. So that fish had moved all the way down um, to Little Sturgeon. A week later, the following Friday, um, the day before the Sturgeon Bay open, Chris and Corey Johnston, their dad was down there practicing with them. He mm-hmm. caught the same fish um, in front of the cedars on the other side of Little Sturgeon. Really? A week later. Wow. Yeah. Same fish. So just it's interesting. And I mean, you fish that place a lot, but I, there's nowhere else I've seen where like the conditions um, every day move those fish around, and and um, it's it, it's just interesting. Like, they just circle around in those bays. I think wherever sure. the wind's blowing, wherever the warmer water is. But that was that's just how that kind of went down, and kind of neat. Yeah, that's a crazy story. I mean, that's uh, your personal best, and then uh, they catch it a week later, and you can actually see where it's been tagged. Do they, any idea how old that fish was, or do they not? When you when you send no, it like, like nine or ten years old. Um, mm. I've got it. I got an email from the biologist. He like I sure. I turned in the information I had, and um, he sent some stuff back to me. So I shouldn't, you know, it was it was it wasn't as old as, um, you know, a a, a normal five pounder there would probably be. I think it was just a freak, and um, sure. You know, it wasn't a super old fish. Wow. So if you could use one bait, I think we already know this question, but maybe not. If you could only use one bait, next time you go out, or let's say for a whole year, you can only use one bait for a smallmouth, what would that bait be? 
Z-Man hula stick. And really? you know, yeah. if I'm fishing shallow, that that marabou jig is like is deadly. And and but it's not like a do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. It doesn't work everywhere. One bait that we're that will catch smallmouth everywhere. Whether you're at Cherokee down in Tennessee, or you're at the St. Lawrence River, or you're at Rainy Lake, is a, a Z-Man hula stick, and it's a Ned Rig bait. Um, it's a four inch worm. I usually cut a half inch off of it, maybe. And, okay. uh, and you know, put it on a little mushroom head, a little Ned rig head. And, sure. and that is a deadly, deadly fish catcher. Um, I, I agree with you 100% on that one. Now let's, let's take it a step further. Now you got the hula stick and you can only use one color. What's it going to be? Green pumpkin. Perfect. Yeah. Sorry. Right. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, uh, I know exciting but listen sometimes when it when it comes to smallmouth it's you keep things simple and i i mean it can't get much simpler than that you know so gussie what do you think separates yourself from some of the other top smallmouth anglers out there uh you know when it comes to smallmouth bass what makes you so successful out there because your track record it's proven you know you know all the different bodies of water the great lakes the the northern lakes up by where where you're from, the southern impoundments. When it comes to smallmouth, what do you think separates you from from other anglers when it comes to smallmouth fish? I don't want to sound like uh, you know like I'm the greatest smallmouth fisherman ever because I'm not. But I, um, you know, I think just just a lot of time into it and doing it a lot and just uh, enjoying it and love a love for it. That's the thing that that kind of works in my favor the most. Sure. Um, you know, like Fighter is another good buddy of mine. I'm sure you're, you know, if you haven't already, you'll talk to him for this. Oh, he'll be and on, sure. He's a, he's like amazing with a crankbait for for smallmouth. I mean, that's just and a, and a little swim bait. Like that's sort of the way he fishes for them a lot more. Like more with horizontal baits, and where I'm, sure. you know, more of a tube or a Ned rig jig person. Um, but I, I think the best advice I can give if you're at one of these places like, like the great lakes or Champlain, or, you know, I keep saying those places um, just cause they're, you know, spots that a lot of people are going to fish. Sure. Um, the biggest thing is if you're, if you're struggling and you're not catching any fish, you have to just keep moving. They're going to be, you know, unless there's like a really weird weather phenomenon happening or something going on. I mean, if you're not getting bites, you got to keep moving because they're going to be biting somewhere. And that's, that's the biggest thing is I like to just keep moving, looking for biters, looking for even, and if you're fishing deep, um, you know, there's a lot of times where you can get on top of fish, you know, they're there, you can see them on your screen, you can drop a camera down and see them. And if they don't want to bite, you just, I'll literally drop my bait down to those fish once or twice, maybe try a couple of different baits. If they don't bite, you got to, roll pretend you didn't even see them and, and come yeah. back maybe an hour or two later and try them again like you can keep doing that and that might work but like if they don't want to bite they you're not going to force them to bite that's, I, I that's my I, absolutely i agree with you 100 percent on that it's frustrating sometimes you think they're just smallmouth they should bite but uh sometimes you run into those situations where you just got to bail on it Keep moving, keep idling, looking, 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 and all of a sudden you'll come across something special, hopefully. At least that's the plan. Out of all the yeah. Great Lakes, have you fished every Great Lake? Um, I have not fished Superior. I okay. fished uh, or Huron. I fished yeah, um, yeah. Michigan, 
uh, Erie, St. Clair, Ontario, and and then obviously the river. The river is probably my favorite. I was going to ask. Place. That's your favorite area, sure. Yeah, just I just what I enjoy there is just the the not be, having to get weathered out. Fact, sure. I mean, you can kind of you know you're not going to die probably on the river if it gets nasty, right. and uh, I I enjoy that you can fish however you want there. I mean, you go there in July. You go there in August, you can catch fish in three or four feet of water. And mm-hmm. if the conditions are, you know, um, right for it, and you can f- catch fish down in 35, 40 feet of water, if you want to fish deep and, and kind of everywhere in between. And that's, that's kind of my, my thing that I, that, that I enjoy the most about that place. Awesome. Gussie. I appreciate you hanging out with us. Best of luck this, uh, this coming season. And, uh, we, I mean, other I, I know you guys are fishing some smallmouth bodies of water. What what's one you're really looking forward to? Well, we're we're actually ending the season um, at uh, the St. Lawrence River in Champlain in early July, like a week or two earlier than we were at both places last year. So okay. it's going to be hair jig fest yeah. for me. I think. Well, uh, you better tie a bunch I'm of them this winter, then. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, that's as good as it gets. Two of the best right. places in the and um you know so now thanks for having me i'm i'm looking uh really looking forward to to seeing all these interviews that you're doing with everybody and i know you're gonna you know catch up with some of my friends and some of the guys i look up to and uh no it's gonna be all this is a great idea and i'm i'm i feel pretty fortunate that you you thought of me for, for of this course. and absolutely you know, thanks wow what a great interview i appreciate everybody hanging out with us today look forward to Meeting up with everyone next week. Thanks so much for listening today. Make sure that you're subscribed to the show and follow us on Instagram at Smallmouth Crush. Also, the YouTube channel, Smallmouth Crush. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a five star rating and comment with a review below. And as always, until next time, we'll see you on the water.